Welcome to Fallout Off the Record, brought to you by Quest Gaming Network. Sponsored in part by Point, Lo <coughs> Point Lookout and the Amazing Wheel of Wonder. Only at Pilgrim's Landing Boardwalk. Come visit and take a ride today. And now, on to our show. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 32 of Fallout Off the Record. I am your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight is Shalene. Salutations. So thank you for joining us on this fine Friday evening morning, or wherever, what time it is, wherever you are. And we got a couple ads for you guys with our lovely sponsors. And tonight, we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com. If you are in the market for some headphones, because yours are pooping out, or they've had too much radiation from too much length of time in the, in the uh, crater of... The Children of Adam this past week. Uh, if you go to tweakedaudio.com, they have a ton of headphones for you to check out and uh, to, to, to buy different colors. And if you uh, enter our code off the record, which is all one word, at their checkout, you'll get 30% off and free shipping worldwide. So head to tweakedaudio.com and enter our code off the record at checkout. Also, we are sponsored by audible.com. If you head to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork to sign up for their free 30-day trial, you get a free audiobook of your choosing. And tonight, Shalene recommends Imperial Woman by Pearl S. Buck, a fictionalized biography of a woman who rose from being one of hundreds of concubines to become the last empress of China. So that sounds like an epic tale of... Uh coming from the uh, bottom to the top, if you will. So yeah, if you head to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork, you can and sign up for their free trial. You will get a free audiobook of your choosing. You can also become a Patreon of our show by going to patreon.com slash questgamingnetwork and signing up for our multitude of reward programs we have there. Um, and also, our one-time donations, if you head to questgamingnetwork.com, you can use a PayPal link and donate to us there to help keep the lights on and the uh, streams of streaming. Also, non-financially is probably a really good way. It is a very, very good way, actually, to support our show. Share us on your social media. Send us emails. Tweet at us. Like, subscribe to this YouTube channel. Retweet these episodes. And tell your friends about us. If uh, your friends are friends of Fallouts, then I can't think of the lyric to that song to make a connection there. So never mind. What's if your friend's a friend? Forget it. So yeah, tell your friends about us, because we love it when you do that. Tonight, we have news, which is all about the Fallout 4 DLC and a little bit about the Dice Summit that Todd... Uh, Todd Howard was a part of there. Uh, we have some gameplay for the week. Shaleen, again, taking the charge of that. Um, and the results of our challenge. We have some lore, which is all about China, which should be really cool. Uh, we have a weapon of the week and some emails. So, without further ado, Shaleen, take it away with the news. If you like news, you're going to love our next segment. What happened to the world of Fallout this week, Shaleen? Well, Rick, honestly, I don't even know why we're here. You know, nothing happened. We shouldn't even be bothering with the show. There's just, there's nothing to talk about. We yeah. should have stayed home and just watched Netflix. And, <laughs> because there's nothing. Yeah. Which is, of course, not true at all. All the things happened. This was, uh, we keep talking every week about, oh, wow, what a big news week. But this was, <laughs> this was the big news week. <laughs> it was a big one. So we're going to start off with uh, this Todd Howard talk that happened yesterday at the DICE Summit. Do you know what DICE stands for? I'm actually uh, asking. This is not the rhetorical questions I usually do. <laughs> don't. I don't know either. But it's, it's a developer thing. It's, it's not really press-focused or consumer-focused. It's... Uh, 
um, GDC is where the developers get together to sort of hone their craft and learn from each other. And DICE is sort of where they get together to celebrate what they've, what they've been doing all year. Ah, I don't gotcha. know what it stands for, though. But I, I, that seems to be the purpose to me, anyway. I have no idea what it stands for. So Todd Howard did a little a little talk yesterday, and we've got some notes from that, some of the more interesting points. It's definitely worth watching if you can YouTube that. Oh, um, design, innovate, communicate, and entertain. Thank you. Callie? Somebody I'm is sorry, a... I'm sorry, on. Callie McGavin? Thank you very much. Somebody's a faster Googler than I am. Yes. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much. So these are a few of the main points, but the whole talk is definitely worth Googling mm -hmm. and, uh, and watching that. Um, the main development of Fallout 4 took four years. Mm -hmm. Which we kind of um, knew. Mm -hmm. Which we kind of knew. They, they began as soon as they were done with Fallout 3, but they were busy with Skyrim for a long time. So Right, but what intrigued me most about that was the fact that they literally couldn't talk to anyone about that for four years. That's kind of oh. what stood out to me about that a little bit. It wasn't necessarily news, it was just the sheer... Out of guts that it took to just shut up about this big project for four years. Yeah. That must have been rough <laughs> to just, like, I don't know. Like Todd Howard said. Like Todd Howard said in the interview. Like, you know, he'd come home. What'd you do today, honey? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he said also in the talk, and this was my favorite part, that there are still some things that people have not found mm -hmm. in Fallout 4. He mentioned a terminal specifically. He did. And uh, so now that sparked a big search for, for the secret terminal. A lot of hackers out there all of a sudden. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, he talked about the DLC that's mm -hmm. in development and the survival mode that they're working on. He mentioned diseases and that he had gotten insomnia during his own gameplay testing out the survival mode. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's a, a new disease to uh, to Bethesda games. I mean, mm -hmm. I've only played Skyrim as far as Elder Scrolls goes. But I don't remember ever getting insomnia before. Yeah, that um, that that's kind of what stood out to me. Because, again, with the DLC, a lot of what has been quote-unquote leaked has just been Bethesda announcing stuff. Mm -hmm. We knew diseases were coming. But when he said insomnia, it, it made me think a little bit about in New Vegas when you didn't sleep, you would get some negative effects. But you didn't get a disease from it. Mm -hmm. So I like that they gave it a name and they're, you know, you know, if you don't sleep, the problems arise. And I like the fact that they gave it like an actual disease. So I'm curious to see Very what cool. other stuff that is new um, to come out from that. I am so hyped for survival mode. I think I might be more excited for survival mode than uh, than for the d actual DLC. <laughs> and he also mentioned, too, that it doesn't necessarily make the game harder. It just makes it different. and But also harder. <laughs> But the, the thing that he kept emphasizing was it, it's not supposed to make the game harder. It's supposed to make the game different. <laughs> so whatever the heck that means. <laughs> I'm just cracking up in our chat room. They said, oh, STDs. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so the big news from this conversation that really sparked all of the major news outlets yeah. uh, to, to write a lot of, of articles that were... Uh, really not going anywhere because this is all we know. <laughs> there are three major projects that are different than anything they've done before yeah. that Bethesda is working on. Different than anything, but still in the style of Bethesda's prior games. So do you think that any of these three major product pro projects <laughs> are 
in you know the IPs that we're familiar with, or do you think they're all three new IPs? I mean, if they are a part of these IPs, they're going to be vastly different. I know mm-hmm. that E3 last year they teased um, the digital card game of uh, Elder, Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls Hearthstone. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily fit with the whole what he considered the Bethesda I don't style. Know what he's talking about so Bethesda, <laughs> Captain Dumak in our chat room said Bethesda's making Half Life Three. Um, can only hope. Just because you typed those words into into our chat room uh captain um you know the guy at valve just choked on his cereal a little bit um, his name's slipping mm-hmm. my name his name is slipping gabe my name. i thought it was gabe uh yeah gabe, gabe Newell just choked on his cereal a little bit like someone's talking about half-life 3 um but yeah i i uh now shaleen had texted me the other day asking or no it was a twitter conversation we had um i forget who it was i apologize they had asked if Bethesda was working on like a Wild West style game. If we would be into that, yeah. I would so totally be into that. That was uh, I forget his actual Twitter handle, but I want to say Minutemans is the like his his Twitter name. No, oh, okay. And you mentioned that you know a mafia game would be cool. Yeah, I would love like a depression era mafia game, like with uh, moonshining and uh, yeah. and uh, speakeasies and Tommy guns. And we've seen um, we've seen them do and correct me when I'm wrong. Uh, we've seen them do um, you know Dishonored was that a Bethesda Studios? Dishonored was not Bethesda Studios. Well, it was published by Bethesda. It was from Arcane. And I wonder if Todd Howard was talking about Bethesda Game Studios or Bethesda. Softworks. I think he meant Bethesda Studios. Okay. Yeah, Bethesda. I I definitely at this point don't think it's going to be one of these those three. I don't feel that it's going to be an existing IP. Um, as to what it is. Wild West, Mafia, we've been right about everything so far. I love those two things, but what I actually predict is something modern. Something modern? I Yeah, something modern. Huh. Okay. That's true. They haven't really done a modern thing. Something less fantastical. So, hmm. I think that would be a... I don't know if I would like it, frankly. And I don't know if any of these three things will come to fruition eventually, but... I love that they are are stretching, flexing their muscles, as it were, and seeing uh, what they can do. Because it's it's not good to get yourself in a rut. You know, you you need to to step out and uh, and you know change things up a little sometimes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, Ooh, cha- space. I was gonna say our chat room um, was mentioning space RPGs, and that was another thing that crossed my mind. If it's gonna be some sort of like FPS. Things similar to shoot. There's a huge Last game. Step. There's a huge game that's in yeah the game shoot the one on Atari twenty six hundred. No um the there's a game out and I cannot think of what it is. It's like a huge space exploration game and you buy the ship and that gives you the game and I cannot oh, think of um I know it's the I, one. Is it the one that's out yet or the one that's not out yet? It's kind of out. They're the like one that's like in development still with the giant uh, crowdfunding. Yes, yeah. Uh, dang it, what's that I know. called? I can't think of what it is, but um, something along those lines, like a Mass Effect-y, but first-person fly-y, shooty thing, would be really cool. No Man's Sky, that's it. Or, not what I was thinking of, crap. Star Citizen is what I was thinking That's of. it, yeah, Star Citizen. I know No Man's Sky is similar to that, but I think that one's more cartoony looking than uh, Star Thank Citizen. Thank Todd for the chat room is all I can say. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I can hear them screaming into their keyboards. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I would really like something from Bethesda along those lines of like a space 
RPG. That'd be pretty rad. Um, they also said that Fallout Shelter is the biggest Fallout game of all, with over four billion sessions. Yeah, the that have been played. Yeah, the biggest played Fallout game consecutively. Mm-hmm. So um, that's crazy. I mean, I think didn't you mention your mother was like three billion of those? Uh, at least, yeah. I think she's quit playing now because it crashes all the time, um, which is not good. No. And uh, I was very sorry for her because she had had invested so much time <laughs> into her vaults. But it crashes so much now. That's no good. She can't even play. Oh. Anyway, Let's... that's the highlights of Todd Howard's talk from the dice as as seen by your lovely Fallout OTR hosts. Yeah. So let's get to the big news, shall we? Let's let's talk about it. We are talking about Mass Effect Andromeda. No, I'm kidding. I didn't know where you were going for a minute, Rick. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Just trust me. Just follow. Yes. Just trust me. No. We have the Mass Effect Andromeda news, <laughs> a.k.a. the update that Bethesda dropped on Bethesda.net with tons of news, foremost in the news, being the DLC announcement. I know you've all been very excited about this. We are very excited about it, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they called Fallout 4 their most successful title ever, which is kind of a big deal. I would have to, from from everything that's ha- been happening, yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. I mean, Skyrim was tremendous. The success of Skyrim was tremendous. So if they're mm-hmm. saying that Fallout 4 was their most successful game, then that's a big deal. Yeah, I, 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 it's blown me away. The the mainstream reception of a action RPG that's focused on complete depression <laughs> and sadness. So yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I like. Um, real quick, one of the things I don't know if any of you watched the Dice live stream, but I watched it. You know, Pete Holmes was interviewing Todd Howard, and right after that, they had Mark Gallagher, Mike Gallagher from the uh, ESA. Electronic Software Association. I don't know. The guys that defend video games lawfully. Like whenever someone's saying that like video games are cause violent actions, they're the guys that say, wait, no, they don't. Um, he got up and was talking about like the game industry and that sort of thing. And just – I didn't realize I guess the impact that the game industry had on such a big widespread um, – like I just didn't realize how much of a phenomenon I guess it really was. Uh, and, and he was just kind of talking about that. So it's just really, it's a really cool time for those of us that grew up with games and they were still a little not mainstream, like, Oh, you play Nintendo. How lame. And now like everyone plays Nintendo. It's, uh-huh. it's just a really cool time to be a gamer. I think, sorry, mm-hmm. I'm a little gushy because I got a little emotional during that dice speech. Cause it just gaming means so much to me. So anyway, I'm very happy that Bethesda's success is just kind of, um, Kind of one of those like flags that say, yeah, gaming is insane and such on a different yeah. level right now. I couldn't agree more. I know exactly what you mean. I get it all the time at work now. Um, I, you know, back in the day, everybody was making fun of the nerd playing the video games. And now everybody's coming to me to ask, you know, uh, if I get one of those PlayStation things, can I play this <laughs> Call of Duty with my son? And, you know, just I'm the the expert now for a lot of the people <laughs> In my in my workplace, when they have gaming questions, because <laughs> they want in on it too, yeah, and that's very cool. Yep. 
So before we get into the, the news news of this, I would just like to say, point out that we called this, all of this. <laughs> we did. <laughs> the robots. We called it expanded settlement, more Nick Valentine stuff, a big new area. I think that, Rick, I think you even mentioned uh, Maine. Did you Did you or not? Did I make that up? For the sake of me being awesome, because I am. I might yes. have made it up. No, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't mention Maine. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> we were pretty spot on with our predictions here. I freaked out. The first DLC is called Automatron. It will release in March 2016. Priced at $9.99 US. The mysterious mechanist has unleashed a horde of evil robots into the Commonwealth, including the devious Robobrain. I'm excited for the return of the Robobrain. Holy crap, I didn't even I didn't even think I didn't even think yeah. about them not being in the game. I missed Robobrains. Hunt them down and harvest their parts to build and mod your own custom robot companions. Choose from hundreds of mods, mixing limbs, armor abilities, and weapons like the all new lightning chain gun. Ooh, that sounds fun. Even customize their paint schemes and choose their voices. So real quick, who is really hoping and rooting for a Bender mod from Futurama as a robot companion? I don't watch Futurama. Ah, chat room, back me up. How awesome would it be to have a Bender mod and his voice? It'd be so much fun. So now that we have no reference within our podcast, those of us that can talk to each other, (laughs) let us move on. Until I'm whatever. sure there are people at home that are like, yeah, Rick, you know, solidarity. I know. So. See? Yeah, the chat room's going crazy with Bender. There yeah. Good job. Good job, guys. <laughs> so um, I would actually like for this to be like Automatron and for it to be like a, a lady robot that's like the boss of the DLC. And the mechanist is red herring. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure I've lost my prediction title there with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that this indicates the the return of the mechanist indicates a sort of pulp sci-fi lighthearted approach to this DLC because I feel that Fallout 4 sometimes takes itself too seriously. Uh okay. I guess. I mean I yeah, you're right. I mean Skyrim did more so than the other games too. You can definitely mm-hmm. see more more of a seriousness in those two games. So yeah, I, I can agree with that. It definitely isn't as whimsical as Fallout 3, 3 was. So. I also predict that the little boy from Canterbury Commons is going to be the new mechanist because of course in Fallout 3 it is possible to kill the mechanist. Right. Correct. So I predict that the little boy that idolizes him in Canterbury Commons, I think his uh, name is Derek. I don't I forgot about that little boy. Yeah, the one that first runs up to you when you get to Canterbury Commons. Yeah, I think he's going to be the new Mechanist. Are you sure you're not thinking about that little boy that runs up to you because of the fire ants? I'm sure. I promise. I, I don't remember a little boy running up to me about the Mechanist. There's a little boy that talks about the Mechanist. Well, okay, I believe you, because you are the scribe. I also wanted to point out that the Mechanist is uh, noted as an enemy of the Silver Shroud, so oh. I hope this means return of Speak as Shroud dialogue. Wow. <laughs> that... Man, see, this is why you're a part of this podcast. I'm just yes. a meathead. That's awesome. I hope that there is some correlation there. That seems too ca- uncanny to be, uh, to not be. Somebody, th- go ahead. No, I was going to say that just seems to be too much of a coincidence with the DLC and the Silver Shroud and, and all that stuff. It's too much of a coincidence. I think it was somebody on Twitter that I saw, one of our listeners, saying that 
Um, maybe they were somebody that was inspired by the shroud to become the mechanist. Ooh. Oh, because of your actions as the shroud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, um, the second DLC will release a month later in April. It's four ninety nine U.S. dollars. With the Wasteland Workshop, design and set cages to capture live creatures from raiders to death claws. Tame them or have them face off in battle, even against your fellow settlers. The new Wasteland Workshop also includes a suite of new design options for your settlements, like Nixie tube lighting, letter kits, taxidermy, and more. Now. <clears throat> Before any of y'all go saying that, oh, Rick's probably going to like take all the settlers and murder kill all of them. No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that guy. Not anymore. I have changed. So let's get off that. Secondly, I totally predicted more expansion on the settlements and we got them. So that's pretty rad. Uh, we finally have we finally have our cage matchy, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. What did that? What was that the called? Thunderdome? The Thunder Thunderdome. <laughs> See, that's why the Thunderdome. Just like to me, I think of like the motorcycle ball where they all ride around it. Wasn't that like a WWE thing back in the nineties? The Thunderdome or something? Anyway, um, but I wonder if you're going to be able to fight in uh, fight in this. I don't know. I hope that you can. Yeah, me too. I, I feel like you should be able to, like the Thorn. Yeah, right. That would be cool. To be honest, this is the one that I'm the least interested in. Me and too. I was not interested in it at all until I thought of the implications this has for the Fallout Off the Record gameplay challenge. Oh, that's... We can do some fun challenges I'll, with this. I'll bet you this is why they put that in there. They're like, these guys, their challenges mm -hmm. are amazing. We need to give them more tools to make challenges. I'll bet you that's why they did it. Um, it has to be. It has, it has to, be. to be. Yeah, because, you know, they've been... I mean, we can see from this DLC that they've been basing everything in this game <laughs> off of what we what we talk about so i was just when i heard about the robots one especially i was so hoping <laughs> that there was somebody at bethesda that was listening to the show and when they heard that they were like oh man this chick's gonna freak out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i would this definitely isn't one that i'm too too excited about but it's definitely it's definitely something that's going to be fun to play around with so, so yeah now let's get to the uh, whole enchilada the biggest DLC, Far Harbor. This one's due in May at a price of $24.99 US dollars. So that's a, a major expansion. A case from Valentine's sure. Detective Agency leads you on a search for a young woman and a secret colony of synths. Travel off the coast of Maine to the mysterious island of Far Harbor, where higher levels of radiation have created a more feral world. Navigate through the growing conflict between the synths, the children of Adam, and the local townspeople. Will you work towards bringing peace to Far Harbor? And at what cost? Far Har Here's the, the main point. Yeah. Far Harbor features the largest landmass for an add-on that we've ever created. Filled with new faction quests, settlements, lethal creatures, and dungeons. Become more powerful with new higher level armor and weapons. The choices are all yours. Um, before quick, before we start talking about this, Banjo Kazooie, which is such a rad name, by the way, uh, in the chat room asks if um, when they say tame a deathclaw, that we could get like a death deathclaw companion again, because we did in Fallout Three a little bit with that little head, and that brings up a good thing. Um, how are we going to tame these wasteland creatures? Uh, maybe with that charisma option. Maybe. But it would be so cool to like have them as pets. That would be cool. 
It'd be great. I think I would go with a Pet Meyer Lurk. Oh, Pet Myler Queen. That would be cool. Be I so doubt they cool. would let us tame the Myler Queen. I know, but it'd be so That'd much be fun. Because, like, you show up to a raider, and a raider would be like, get out of here, we'll kill you. It's like, um, no, and then turn around Sick slowly. Just like, just like this, like, <laughs> big, massive Myler Queen would just be amazing. Just, ah, that'd be so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm actually more excited for Far Harbor, obviously, for obvious reasons, because mm-hmm. it's, it's like more Fallout <laughs> in a new It'd location. Be a big deal. Yeah, um, what really kind of intrigues me more is actually, sadly, like the higher level armor, like just having more armor choices. <laughs> Hopefully, it also comes with higher level enemies to match it. It's true. Because I'm also, I'm like super OP in my uh, ballistic weave summer shorts and stuff. <laughs> Didn't, uh, I can't, why don't you turn up the um, difficulty? I have it on uh, very hard, I think. I don't uh, have it on survival. Okay. I, uh, I feel like I don't like this current survival mode. It's just annoying. You know, that the stim packs don't really heal. Like, well, I don't know. Because you got to get the last perk of that medical. It's just this annoying. Um,. Yeah, I, I'm excited for this. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what maybe this would look like. I've never been to Maine. I don't know what Maine really looks like. It's probably incredibly beautiful, especially along the coast. Um, you know, so maybe it's going to have that juxtaposition as far as the artwork is concerned, or the landmasses, like the the death and destruction versus like the the beautiful coast of Maine. I don't know, but I'm excited for this one to see what now the children of Adam we know in Fallout 4 have been very, very uh, militant and, and violent towards anyone outside of their crater. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see why. Well, we know why the children of Adam are there because it's highly irradiated. Um, why are the synths there? Mm-hmm. Why is it highly irradiated? There's no major cities around there, so it's not like that would be a target. So is there a military base there? Uh, is there, you know, like a some sort of navy yard? Like what? What is going on up there that would attract know. the children of Adam and the synths? To be honest, I don't really care that much about the story of it. I'm uh, more interested in just exploring it. You know, I, I just want to go and find all the locations and uh, and gather up all the loot. I, I care much less about the story. Um. Zachary Grafuffelson, sorry, your name has been dubbed, um, mentioned Enclave, and that's a possibility too. It would be really cool to see the return of those guys. Um, And uh, what I would like to see is like their armor, their power armor, the black, you know, with the purple eyes, I think it was, or green eyes. I like their power armor look. Speaking of, this was just a thought. Shaleen, this is very much a you criticism. Not on you, but I mean, this is something you would say about the game. I wish I could color my armor. Like, yeah. I wish I could change the color. Because I don't yeah. want to walk around with white polyester. Poly, polyester. Um, poly armor. So you wish you had a paint option that's separate from the uh, the perk, right? Yeah, I mean... Is that what you're saying? Or even, like the, even similar to the power armor. You can paint it... You know, a color. Oh, you you mean you're saying like your pieces of armor, yeah. not your power armor. Right, my pieces like of armor. Like combat armor or metal armor. Correct, because... Yeah, that would be cool if we could dye armor. Yeah, because as you upgrade, um, 
as you upgrade the armor, it changes color based on what you do. Like shadowed is black. I can't think of the word poly poly something. The highest tier of the uh, upgrade of the armor that you can do um, mm. is white, and I like tr- sneaking in white armor makes no sense. So <laughs> I would like I would like to be able to modify that. I was just thinking about yeah. that. I would also like to bedazzle the armor Vindicon. <laughs> I love that he posted bedazzled in the chat like the instant that I said it. Bedazzled. So are great. you gonna are you gonna Oh shoot. Are you gonna le- leave Leanne Frank? Crap. Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank your armor. <laughs> I've already leased Polymer. Frank power armor, so Polymer. <laughs> Guys, see this okay. This this is a perfect example of like I just don't remember any names. I can play the game like a beast, but I have no idea what weapon I'm using. I just know that it's very good in my hands at killing things. Mm-hmm. Reg- There's nothing wrong. Beyond that, I'm just like dunce. <laughs> so sorry, guys. Somebody make the bedazzle your armor mod. Please work on that. <laughs> So, Poly- to move on from this a little bit, because <laughs> we're right now in Sparkles Off the Record. Yeesh. <laughs> they plan on releasing more DLC beyond these three that have been announced, and they anticipate more than $60 worth of content during the year of 2016. And because the DLC plan is more ambitious than they originally planned, the price of the season pass will be increasing from twenty nine ninety nine to forty nine ninety nine. Right, and I went ahead and got my uh, season pass at the twenty nine ninety nine because it right. pretty much pays for everything now. <laughs> Real quick, somebody said, "OMG, loading rhinestones in the junk jet! I could kill super mutants with glitter." And we know that <laughs> glitter. I'm gonna say this. Glitter is like Satan seed, if you get my drift, because it is evil and and terrible and gets on everything and just sticks and it's there for years to come. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it just stays wherever it gets on. Um, so like glitter would be the worst thing. <laughs> just like poof and everything's sparkly. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That'd be the most annoying weapon ever. <laughs> okay. That brings us to the conclusion of Glitter Off the Record. Herpes of craft supplies. I've heard that before. It definitely is. I think that was an Adam Savage quote, I believe. I don't remember. But anyway. If you already have the season pass and you bought it at $29.99, you still get all of the new stuff at no additional cost. Mm -hmm. And the season pass will still be available at $29.99 until March 1st. So that gives you a little bit of time to go ahead and buy it at this price before it goes up. And I will, but I haven't yet. I, I don't know. Do you want to talk about season pass? A lot of people are are uh, having this conversation. Season pass is evil. And Bethesda it, is the new EA. See, but here's the thing, though. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm stepping on toes. But for Bethesda to be like the new EA, they would have to be... They would have to put out thin content and overprice it and claim it's awesome. And that's pretty much Mm -hmm. what EA does. Now, I don't think that's the case because as we've seen so far, we've already gotten some great beta, uh, I mean, some great um, updates as far as the new lighting, the draw distance, obviously that was more of a technical thing, but like the the weapon debris, we're getting, we're getting the, 
survival mode. That's free. That's not included in the DLC. But as far as DLC is concerned, just all of that that you're getting already, more crafty items, you're getting the the mm-hmm. the battle cage or whatever, the Thunderdome. So uh, for the season pass to be $30, that's insanely cheap for everything that you're getting right now. Because even – do you know what I'm saying? I do. And for them to – like, you know, they have a trend of putting out three – for Fallout, at least, putting out three story-based DLC um, packages together for each game. You know, I think Fallout 3 had, what, three? And then Fallout five. 5, was it? Um, and they were pretty expansive. I mean, they took a while. Um, Point Lookout was pretty large, you know, and Mothership Zeta was insanely challenging, as we know from Shaleen's stories. Um, New Vegas, everyone loved Old World Blues. I... I you know, adored uh, Dead Money. Like, and each one had a different theme and a different play style. Like, Dead Money, you're just constantly dying and it's scary. Um, Old War Blues is really intriguing with, you know, that sort of thing. So it's like a season pass for Bethesda kind of makes sense. Um, okay. If you trust them. You know what I'm Here's saying? Here's the thing. Let me, let me have you I, I totally was planning to buy the season pass because Fallout. And... But, okay, I'm going to preamble this by saying I, I do not think Bethesda is evil. I think they're totally fine doing this. But I would like to say that I do have kind of a problem with releasing a season pass without plan- without having planned what you're going to do. And I would say uh, that I would think be the season, season pass is fine. Release the season pass. You know, let us save some money. You know, you get your money up front. You know, it's great. But <laughs> know what you're making and tell us what you're going to make. You know, that's don't say, hey, we're probably going to do cool stuff, you know, and and I feel like maybe they should have thought of this before they released the season pass and then they wouldn't have to be doing this and uh, making all these people angry. But Uh, I do think. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I'll agree with that 100 percent. You're right. Yeah, I think they should have known what they were selling before they sold it to us is, is what I'm trying to say. And I, I do have the trust that I, I would have bought the season pass without the DLC all being announced. <laughs> because, but I was waiting until the first one came out. Because why? Because, um, what do you mean? Because why? Well, like, why would you buy it? I'm, I'm, I'm basically just asking because you because it's Fallout. Point. Well, just I would also say because out. you probably trust Bethesda. Like, we mm-hmm. all do. And that's the big difference is if you trust the company, you're more likely to spend mm-hmm. the money because they're promising you things. Um, and Joseph Tao mentions Bioshock Infinite. That season pass made me so mad. I waited so long for DLC and I bought the season pass and then they released that crappy Clash in the Clouds like battle arena thing that was not Bioshock at all. I was so mad. Right. I'm still mad. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like from well, what- you know, I thought I could trust. Uh, I thought I could trust uh, Irrational too. Sure, but because I mean they'd released a bunch of games that I, I love to death every and, bit of. But if you look at their DLC record, I don't. None of their DLCs were like, oh my gosh, you know, they were, they were just DLC. Like they weren't huge. I mean, if you think of EA, when has DLCs were all more Bioshock, which was good. Well, yes, but they weren't like mind blowing. Like for that kind of game, a linear shooter, I wouldn't agree that a season pass would be worth it. Um, when you look at EA, like a company that's just not at all trustworthy, why would you buy a season pass and then complain? Do you see what I mean? Like EA, you can't trust EA. Just like Ubisoft, you can't really trust Ubisoft. 
because their games are buggy. They come out and they're eh with the story. Like they come out every single year, which finally they're stopping. Um, so like, you know, why would – if you can't trust the, the, the game developer, why would you buy the season pass? So with Bethesda, you can pretty much trust what they do. So I think a season pass is more warranted for a company like that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I do understand. And I, I – uh... I'm not trying to say that that Bethesda is going to let us down because I don't believe they are. But I, I do think that it was um, maybe an oversight on their part not to know what they were doing. Sure. Anyway, the transparency would have been nice. I agree with that. I totally agree. So yeah. I, so no, I was going to say uh, they just play everything close to the cuff, and that's their marketing mm-hmm. style. There's a bomb drop. They kind of do a great war every time they announce something. I just think the season pass should have gone on sale this week when they announced this DLC. That yeah, that would have been that would have been uh, that's a great that's move. the time at which the season pass should have gone on sale. That would have been a great when move. we had an idea of what was going to be in there. Yeah. However, then it would have been fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. And yep. Yeah, we would have all paid it and been happy and still saved money. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> there is a lot of MTG talk in the chat room, and I'm loving it right now. <laughs> Nerds. Hey. So here's one thing I wanted to mention with this that we got totally sidetracked before I said it. <laughs> so does season pass uh, in this instance, does this mean that maybe there might be another season? I don't, I don't. DLC? I guess I'm not. My 30th second. Is that a thing that ever happens? I, I don't think I've ever heard of that because I think you would have seen riots in the streets when it comes to that. I don't, I don't think. I don't think that would be the case at all. Okay. So we'll move on from that. You can, if you want to play this, do you want to play the DLC early, Rick? I do yeah. want to play the DLC early. Hint, hint. So do I. <laughs> so we want to play the DLC early, and I imagine that our listeners do too. We can all sign up for a closed beta at Bethesda.net. The beta includes the full version of the DLC complete with achievements, and those included in the D- in the beta will not have to purchase this. Uh, it will be free. So awesome. go sign up. I did. I did too. And where can they sign up, Shalene? Bethesda.net. Boom. You have to be uh, a member of Bethesda.net too, which is easy to sign up for. So Yes, very easy. However, they did say, um, I think it was Pete Hines said this, that it's up to the developer's discretion whether or not they'll invite beta testers. So... It's uh, not even a guarantee if anyone will be a beta tester. I'm sure people will be, but how many, when, it's all up to the developers. By the way, Vendertron said he would make me carry all the guns if they made a DLC where you, Shaleen, and I were companions. However, mm-hmm. given my reputation, Vendertron, you really think that's a good idea? I don't know. Just give me a power fist and some jet. I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, great. You'll be a rattled, like, shaky <laughs> companion. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to take me to Vault 95 with Kate. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) So, in addition to all this DLC news, um, there are some free (laughs) updates that they're planning. Optimizations to the gameplay and some quests. And also the survival mode that we talked about last Mm -hmm. week and also earlier today. And uh, here was the final part. And I'm quoting this from the from the story. We're also hard at work on the creation kit, which will allow you to create and play mods absolutely free. We're currently testing both survival mode and the creation kit now, and more details will be forthcoming. 
I thought it was very interesting that we got specific DLC details before we got creation kits. <laughs> well, you know, it's surprising, but yet not surprising with the way that they're treating modding and console use on this game. They're, they don't seem to be very, very focused on that this time around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that this game is definitely for modding, but it really seems like they're trying to create a really good environment before they, like, mod away. I think it's taking them longer because they promised us mods on the Xbox. And that's Yes, that's true, too. See, look at you with the logic. Yeah. I know I'm waiting for my Xbox mods. So. <laughs> yeah, that's going to we'll be awesome. We'll see. We'll see. I'm uh, I'm waiting for it. I wanna I wanna put my Xbox Paladin dance in the in the Buzz Lightyear suit. So <laughs> let's get on with it. So I ha- we had another couple of small little stories that I added in here. Mm-hmm. Um, on XboxAchievements.com, I saw that five new achievements have been revealed, Ooh. and uh, you'll get no spoilers here. But they look like they are for the Automatron DLC. I'm cool. very excited. I have to finish my, my achievements for the main game. Get so. on it, Shaleen. And also, mm-hmm. last night at the DICE Awards, Bethesda took home four big wins. Wow. They were awarded Game of the Year, Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction, Mobile Game of the Year for <laughs> Fallout Shelter, yeah. and RPG MMO of the Year. Congratulations, Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Very much Very so. Cool. Now, uh, yeah, the... <laughs> That Fallout Shelter thing blew me away when they said how many, just even how much they made from that. That's just insane. So Game of the Year seems pretty normal to Bethesda games, but Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction, RPG, and MMO of the Year, MMO of the year those are a bit surprising. So yeah, congratulations to those guys and, and the team at Bethesda Softworks. Now, yeah. we have, now we have a little post-national inquirer. So what are they going to talk about at E3 anyway? Um, right, because... I, I expected them to announce DLC at E3, and here we are. Already announced it. So Bethesda's really good at playing the magician of the video game developing world, where they do this thing like sleight of hand, like ah, he's going to do the thing, and they do something. And you're like, well, that wasn't the thing I was expecting, you know, and it throws you off guard for what they're really planning on doing. Now, whether or not they're going to announce those three, now you know. Todd did. Um, Todd Howard did say that they were going to announce those three uh, new IPs or those three new um, Bethesda development projects at a future date. Maybe one or two of them, or maybe three of them, will get announced at E3. I don't know. Um, I happen to feel in my bones that uh, Elder Scrolls Six uh, might get teased at some shape or form because why would they do such a huge event again? And not have anything big to show. Except for... Because honestly, I don't know if that big event warrants... I mean, because Doom's going to be out. So... When does Doom release? Um, May. I think May, is, okay. I think it's when it comes out. Um, Dishonored 2 is a big deal. Right. But again, they've already teased that. So why would they warrant a whole nother BE3... Mm-hmm. For like Dishonored Two, the card game, and that's in like DLC. Like it just seems so puny to do that. So I'm thinking it's TES Six or something new that we're not even expecting. I expect there'll be an Evil Within sequel. Yeah, that game didn't do very well, though, did it? It did okay. It did okay. It wasn't tremendous, but I think it did okay. 
I, well I, enough to warrant a sequel, I believe. Wolfenstein did real good. Maybe there'll be mm, more Wolfenstein. Yeah, I need to play that game. I really want to. Um, I haven't played it yet either. Maybe there'll be more Fallout DLC. Perhaps. Maybe something. But but I still think they've got something big up their sleeve. And whether or not mm-hmm. it's TES6 or something new, uh, I, I think what we're going to see is a, a big one. <laughs> the evil outside. That was funny. I'm guessing it's going to be one of the three new projects instead of ES6. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be big, whatever it is. Um, maybe not big, Fallout big, but it's definitely going to be something um, that we're not expecting. That I can I can guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as a horror fan, I really wanted to buy Evil Within until I found out that it was not as uh, Silent Hill like as I thought it was going to be. It was a little bit more action, actiony, and that mm-hmm. kind of just made me not want to get it because I like my uh, I like my mental thrillers. But anyway, uh, yeah. So that's our news. Anything else you want to add on top of that, Shaleen? No, I'm ready to move on. All right, and we're gonna get on to the gameplay of the week. So, guys, I started a new tune. Um, her name is Nancy because I really like that Father John Misty song. Um, and what I wanted to do was I wanted to create uh, a character. So, basically, her special is set as if she was a lawyer. So, charisma's up. Um, her intelligence is up. Her luck. That stuff is kind of more focused on than strength, agility, or endurance. So... But what I wanted to do was I wanted to role play her past, so lawyer. I also wanted to, you know, me being a father, trying to think of what it would, you know, be like for, you know, a mother to lose uh, a child. So I, I kind of made her, in my mind, in, in my brain, she was like this, like, hard, you know, like, just angry, bitter, like, nothing's going to stop her, like the mother bear, nothing's going to stop her from finding her son. So she has this like, she has road leathers on and a few pieces of Raider gear to make her look intimidating. And she's wearing a gas mask with blonde hair. That's done up in a messy bun, I think is what it looks like. So she looks really freaking scary. And she, she really is like loving dog meat and Codsworth, but anyone else that she meets, I'm usually picking the sarcastic and the mean thing. To where she's really focused on herself and just trying to find uh, her son. And I am I'm built her as kind of a sniper melee character, but focusing a little bit more on melee. Um, uh, you know, kind of a quasi-Beatrix uh, kiddo kind of thing. Um, so that's been interesting as far as playing is concerned, because melee is very difficult when you have a strength of two. <laughs> or whatever it is that I put it at. So it's kind of changed the way that I play a little bit um, in the sense that melee is a lot more of a focus. I have a black bat that's got nails all through it because it looks insanely rad. Uh, I'll have to to post a screenshot of her and her uh, gas mask covered in blood with the baseball bat. Um, So yeah, sniper melee. And and I just kind of started doing that. I freed Preston from like the little – you know, I got him to Sanctuary – but I, the 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 dialogue that I picked was very angry. Like I'm only out for myself, blah blah. You know, I just I have something I need. To, she's like keeping everything close to her chest. Like I have my own things that I'm gonna deal with. I'm I have have my own mission. Like she's not telling anyone really about you know her son. 
So it's been really interesting to play that way versus how I'm playing my second male character who's kind of a military-based, honest, um, tries to do the good thing. Um, so it's been it's been a lot of fun uh, to do that. I haven't played much of that character. It's been kind of a busy week. I'm trying to get in as I'm trying to get in as much Guild Wars two as I possibly can before the Fallout DC comes out, DLC comes out, and I am once again swept up in a wave of radiation. So that that's kind of been my gameplay is just starting her uh, and exploring the surrounding areas of Sanctuary and getting her geared up and, and kind of car- building that character. So what'd you do this week, Shalene? Well, this DLC announcement has like put me into focus mode. I need, I have two uh, two directives here. I need to get my character ready for the DLC, meaning I want to level up certain things uh, so that I'm able to craft anything that comes along, and I want to be sure that I've already collected all the cool stuff and have all the cool stuff, and am ready to go into this new world of DLC. <laughs> And also, I want to finish off the uh, existing achievements before the new achievements are available. Awesome. So I've been working on prepping my character, and I'm just uh, I'm working on my magazine collection a lot and getting my companion perks. So I've been exploring a lot of the places that I have unlocked but not really explored. So um, to start off with, I'm thinking about moving the super friends out of the gas station and into the castle. <laughs> Super Friends? The Super Friends, or are they the Justice League? Is that better? I prefer Justice League. Just Justice League, okay. I, Meanwhile, I'm the, hit the red rocket! I'm thinking of moving the Justice League into the castle because it's getting attacked all the dang time. This morning, there were gunners there. Wow. Um, one of them had a cake pan in his inventory. A what? Which I thought was really funny, a cake pan. Yeah, after we kill these guys, I'm going to bake a cake for everyone. It's celebratory. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I, cake. last night, last night, a Brotherhood Vertibird actually crashed on top <laughs> of... The gas station, like in a ball of fire <laughs> on my power armor collection, which was okay, by the way. It did knock over um, my perfectly preserved pie display, which I was rather cross about. <laughs> my pie. The pie survived. The pie was, is still perfect. So thank heavens. What if you What if you did look at it and just said preserved pie? Like, no! <laughs> <laughs> that would be the worst. <laughs> So I'm thinking of moving them into the castle because it's a bit more fortified and maybe they'll all be safer there. But I don't want to do the work of moving. I don't know. Will they keep attacking if there's nobody there, if it's just me and my stuff? I don't know. What's your defense? I, I don't know about these. My defense is high. It's like uh, 50, I think. So huh. maybe I need more defense. Maybe. I don't know. Cause I, need I... To, I need to research about the settlements because I haven't – I'm not well enough informed. Because I never – Sanctuary never gets attacked. Really? Never. And I have that massive wall around it and uh, and all the guns in front of it. So maybe they just... I don't know. I never get attacked. Never. Uh, anyways, that's a good idea. Pete Zombie says, load each companion up and then send them. <laughs> that's a good idea. Pack mules. So I went to a place called Joe's Spuckies. And there were a bunch of named withered feral ghouls there. Yes, yeah, yep. I freaked out, Rick, when these ghouls attacked me all at the same time. And they all had names, like Mrs. Davidson, Mr. Parker, Miss Rosa. Hmm. 
And I freaked out because they were all running at me with names. <laughs> and it was kind of a hard fight. So many withered ferals at once. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, at the time, I was still using my stupid pipe pistol, which I have since <laughs> thrown in the trash. <laughs> I hate that gun. I hate it. I don't care if I have enough ammo for this thing. And Drop. there was a speakeasy under the donut shop, which oh. was pretty cool. And I wondered if all those people, if they were in the, uh, if they were in the donut shop or if they were in the bar huh. when, when, the, when the bombs came. I just wondered. Anyway, it was a cool place. I've been running with Hancock. And I just think, why did it take me so long to use Hancock? He's so great. I love Hancock. Oh, huh. um, okay. Hancock loves drugs, so he loves it when I do drugs. Per perfect <laughs> so companion. Perfect relationship. Perfect. And he really does want to help people. And uh, he's got a very cool story. Um, I'm not going to spoil it on the podcast, but his story is, is so interesting. I was really surprised by it. One oh. of the few things that really, really, you know, just I did not expect that at all. Um, so if you haven't hung out with Hancock, you should. Okay. And his, he's got a great sense of humor. Like if we're in a fight, he'll be like, I'm going feral here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he's cool. Uh, I've been listening to the radio a bit. Mostly I had been listening to the, uh, the soundtrack, the original soundtrack, you know, not the licensed music on the radio. But I've been listening to the radio lately, mm -hmm. and Travis Lonely Miles is so different. I haven't listened much after after the Travis Quest. Ah. And man, is there a difference there. Like, he's so relaxed. I don't know. It's very cool. And let's see here. I found a rad scorpion fighting a bunch of stingwings. <laughs> And Hancock is, like, standing there. He says, you saw that, right? I ain't losing it. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, let's see here. The Fraternal Post 115. Have you been there? Um, yes, I believe so. But again, night, I go, kill, loot, leave, forget name. Oh, my gosh. This place blew my mind. I saw you I tweet about so something about Nate or something. Yes. I, um, I didn't quite get that. Could you explain what the joke was? <laughs> I was, okay, so if you play as the female character, right, your husband, his name is Nate, oh. right? And if you read on their terminals, they're saying, oh, you know, it's such an honor to have a war hero like Nate speaking here. Oh. And in the opening, of course, he's practicing his speech that's, in the mirror. That's right, yes, that's right. And then there's a podium, in, in that building where presumably he would have given the speech. And if you activate the speech, you say, war, war never changes. And it was like such a touching moment. Aww. Like, ah, that killed me. Wow. I went to the Quincy ruins. Oh. And I wish I would have thought before I went and taken Preston with me so he could like, you know, feel better about himself by by retaking Quincy. And it was just it was full of gunner sergeants. The entire leadership of the gunners was there. <laughs> <laughs> they have no more sergeants now. <laughs> and uh, it, it was so cool. I love that area. It's cool looking. There's stores and like apartment buildings. It's very interesting. 
And I wish I could take that area and make it a settlement. I looked everywhere for workbench and couldn't find one. So apparently it is not a settlement. I was going to say, I did the same thing because it's, it's got the settlement logo on it. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to make that my new home. I was going to move in. That was going to be the capital of, of Shalinlandia. <laughs> Shalandia. I found Mama Murphy's stash and oh. helped myself since she has gone clean. You know, she's not going to need it. And I also found the church where Sturgis was living, and uh, I felt so bad, you know, that they just got evicted from their home. It was, it was neat to see a bit of of them before they knew me. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Found these audio tapes called the New Squirrel. Have yeah, you found those? I'm finding those. I don't know what the frick those things are. They're like kids. <laughs> they're like a children's story, yeah, except they're this horrible story about betrayal. Oh, jeez, I haven't listened to them in a while. Oh, you've got to listen to them, Rick. I found them at this, uh, like, a trailer park. Oh. And the guy is telling the story, and he's like, hey, children, you know, I hope you like stories. And this is about a squirrel named Ricky. And, of course. Like, other course. squirrel comes, and, like, they're friends, and it's this whole story about friendship. And then the new squirrel brings cats to the tree. Whoa. Ugh. <laughs> And it's like, whoa! <laughs> oh, it's great. So I also found Rex's radio station. Uh, you know Rex Goodman that you saved him from the Trinity Tower? When yes. You meet yep. And I was really disappointed that they didn't have an actual station. They had all the means to broadcast, but there was no actual station. And I found that really disappointing. I thought that, uh, uh I thought it was the classic classic radio station i don't think so Eh. anyway i was disappointed i found the kid in the fridge Uh, i think we talked about that once when you found him did i find a kid in the fridge a ghoul kid no that wasn't me maybe i did but i forgot about it maybe that was uh maybe i was listening to fallout feed or something (laughs) i don't know but there's a, a kid in the fridge, and I found him and uh, took him back to his family. Nice. It was, it was nice. I've got a new favorite gun. It is the Bull Barrel Advanced 44. Yes, I love it so much. It uh, feels more like shooting a cannon than the actual cannon. It's, it's so powerful. I love it. Uh, real quick. I found a 44 that is amazing. It shoots two projectiles at once. Nice. And and it doesn't use up two shots. So for wow. every one shot of fire, yeah, I know. It's so just, it like what? It saws the bullet in half. I don't it know. It? it just does double damage. It magically <laughs> creates another bullet. Oh, it's amazing. Now, because I know that like one of the pinnacle weapons that everyone looks for is the double shot. Gauss rifle mm-hmm. for that same reason fires it, it gets up to like 800 damage or something nuts but yeah the the double shot 44 is just like everything die <laughs> well i don't know where i found this revolver but i adore it it's my new favorite gun and i'm gonna cry when i run out of bullets <laughs> i built a jetpack for my my pink suit of xo1 <laughs> and i had been like saving these perks up just for this purpose because I wanted to have a jetpack on my pink armor. 
And this is the most disappointing thing I've done in Fallout maybe ever. Yeah, it is a little disappointing. It just, yeah, it sucks. I hate it. Stupid little puny jetpack. I hate it. (laughs) Out of uh, fuel. (laughs) So I switched it out for the the one that injects you with stim packs automatically. I don't know. I don't know why I'm worried about it. I don't wear the power armor anyway. But... I was really disappointed in the stupid jetpack. The same thing. I got the XO1. I think I've worn it twice. <laughs> Have you been to Finn Street Sewer? Probably. It's a really cool location where you hear this whole big story about a detective and a serial killer that have been having this kind of cat and mouse thing going on. Oh. And it's told from this, the perspective of the killer. Oh, it's really really cool i I won't spoil it but you should go there and check it out it's very cool uh i do want to say though that the skeleton humor in this game is much more skyrim-y than than previous skeleton storytelling in fallout i don't know it seems a little darker to me like a little more skyrim um yeah i mean like you said before the game's pretty serious Okay, two more things. I'm hanging out with Strong now, and uh, because I got I got Hancock's perk. Awesome. And Strong is the last companion that I have to get their perk. Oh man. And he hates everything I do. I'm never gonna get his perk. He hates everything. <laughs> I pick a lock. He's like, smash it. <laughs> I go into sneak mode, and he's like, coward. <laughs> <laughs> he blocks the doorways, and ah, uh, I. Oh, I'm so mad at Strong. He does, I don't, it's going to take so long to get his perk. If he doesn't leave me first, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but he does give me meat for presents, like uh, a chunk of, of bloody like rad stag. He's like, here, human, make you strong. Mmm, <laughs> raw meat. The one thing that I do like about Strong, though, is that he is an unapologetic super mutant. Uh, in previous Fallouts, there have been mutant companions. Of course, there was Fox mm-hmm. in Fallout Three, and there was uh, and he was a super mutant, sure, but he was this super intellectual guy that's way smarter than you, and uh, mm-hmm. you know this this gentle soul that fights because he has to, and uh, but he has this total Zen outlook on life. And then in New Vegas, you have Lily, who is your grandmother. Um, <laughs> And I believe there are some some mutant companions in previous fallouts. I don't know much about them because I haven't gotten them. Uh, but I strong. He's not this this guy that's trying to rise above his his super mutantism. He <laughs> wants to eat some people, and he wants to smash some stuff. <laughs> and that's what he wants out of life. He wants to find the milk of human kindness, but he doesn't get it. You know. He wants to find the milk and drink the milk, and then mutants will be better than humans. <laughs> He's this unapologetic super mutant, and I love that about him. That's my favorite thing about Strong. <laughs> I went to this place, this is my last thing, called the Federal Ration Stockpile. And uh, there were some oh, yeah. raiders in there, a mm-hmm. bunch of raiders. And on the table, I found these letters. Okay, Red Tourette was the... Uh, like the raider boss of that area and I killed her and there was um letters there from her sister Lily saying like hey you know this uh this other 
Raider has caught me. Like I think it was the guy from Corvega Factory. I forget. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that you know he's captured me. He wants you to bring him food, or else he's going to hurt me and all this stuff. And then in Red Tourette's Terminal, it's this whole story about like, yeah, you know, they've got Lily. I'm going to give him food for now because until we can get her back. And then she's like, wait, this last letter was suspicious. Um, Lily doesn't. Lily knows I hate being called Red. She would have never called me Red in this letter. And they've moved her and we've got to find her. And I would like for there to be like a side quest where we could find Lily. Um, there's more to this story. Is there? Yes. Oh, um, what? Where did where did you find it? I don't remember, but I know it. I know what happens happened during all this. Really? Yeah. So do do you want to find this? Do you want to? Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of where it's at. I don't remember where it's at. Um, just but, tell me what happened. <laughs> um, Lily was actually killed, and oh. the bad guy raider has been writing the letters. Okay. And they were wondering, okay. and you read like, I wonder how long we can keep this up. Her, her, her. And I forget yeah. where that's at. So it is kind of depressing because she's like trying to keep her sister alive, but she's no longer alive, and they're I just trying to get free food. Lily. I wanted yeah. to go rescue Lily. I thought that you'd be able to, but no, I I can't remember. I don't think it was the Corvega factory. I think the Raiders are so much remember. more human in this game. The brewery. That's, that's right. That, I was gonna say. Brewery. I thought it was the brewery. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I just couldn't remember uh, if that was the case. But yeah, it's um, right because I remember them saying they have uh, so many. Bottles of beer. They just have no food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the Raiders are so much more human in this game than in previous entries, and that's a, a real triumph, I think, for for Bethesda. Yeah, their interaction with like as you take out ra- like Raider groups, like mm-hmm. you'll find, you know, people talking like, "Man, did you hear such and such got whacked or something?" And it's just like, "Hey, I did that, and I'm about to kill you too." Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things too that I found really awesome, and I mentioned this before on a past episode, is when I took out the combat zone for the first time, I had my. Uh, silenced pistol and it uh like i was taking them out a little secretly like they knew i was there so i was always in caution but i could still take them out and it got to the point where they're like you just think you're all that don't you like they were like commenting on how terrified they were but yet Mm -hmm. they're still trying to be intimidating like i just like that interaction where they acknowledge you as a force that they can't stop oh yeah so very cool yeah so last week we had a gameplay challenge, which was the journey to Mordor. And uh, good. yeah, we asked you guys to just use axes and melee weapons and take your wedding ring and toss it in the crater of, uh, of Adam and uh, in the glowing sea. And you guys did just that. And w- again, we have a crafty slideshow for you all. So okay. let's uh, take it away. Who are we looking at here? Oh, we, you told me, but I'll let you t- scrolling, tell everyone. Scrolling. That's Leonard. Leonard the Overachiever has returned. He has fist fought this death claw to death at level two. <laughs> level two. He sent us a whole great story. You should check out our uh, our at feed. I don't think he used the hashtag. Oh. You should check out our, our ats and see Leonard's whole story where he, he got attacked by a Yao Guai and oh it was great. It was good. <laughs> All right. And then next up. Okay, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh. That is Gerfuffleson. Hey! Wearing Elder Maxon's coat, I see. Yeah, he sent us a whole bunch of cool screenshots. So, Alright, let's see here. There's there's Piper just kind of like looking off in the distance. Mm-hmm. That's very... She's very rigid in that picture. 
Like we're not here. Uh, <laughs> what is going on there? That one is just too many to scroll through. That... That's Chromeisty. He said that Kiri wouldn't give his wedding ring back, so he sent her in. <laughs> nice. Taking them nice rads. Hat also. I was gonna say taking them rads too. Jeez. He must have had a heck of a fight getting down there. A little little low on the HPs. Mm-hmm. Who do we have and here? And that's Grumpy Gaz. <laughs> I see the ring floating. <laughs> yeah. And she's got a shish kebab. Mm-hmm. Let's see this one. Okay. Now this one was Lord of all Hobbs. And his story was so good. He sent us a whole bunch. He used the hashtag and you should all go check out his whole story because he wrote it in very Lord of the Rings way. You know, he, he opened it up like one does not simply walk into Mordor unless one is level 70 and has very high sneak. Then one totally does. Awesome. I like he's got the uh, the Dunwick the, blade. Uh, Krem, the tooth, Krem's tooth. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't remember the name, but I know it's the Dunwick Borer's blade. Yeah, that's, that's still the melee weapon that I have on my favorite spar. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty awesome. Next up, what is going on there? That is two screenshots from yes, Vendertron. Vendertron. Awesome. It looks like he's got the he's he's showing us. Look, the wedding ring is in See, fact. See, there's the ring. <laughs> is in fact in the uh, water there. Ah, it was written on the picture, and I I couldn't even tell what yeah. it was. <laughs> using Mister <sighs> using uh, Codsworth as a companion. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Somebody looking angry. And that's Captain Dumont's character, his his <laughs> Grognat character. He sent us in some more screenshots too. That's so awesome. Check those He's got out. Got the scar on the right side of the face. I thought that was oh. a really great design of his character. Uh, this one was Tio, I believe. I'm trying to find it. Tio, yeah. And he actually emailed us like a a long story, but there was so much news that we couldn't read it. So, <laughs> but he had he had a fun time. It was a cool story, Tio. Thanks. Awesome. Whoa. And that one is. I'm sorry, Mi- no, Micah. Scroll. That one's Micah's. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's got a little storyboard here too. Mm-hmm. And then next up, oh, that's... Yeah, people are really stepping it up for these challenges. All right, and that's Leonard again. So, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's yeah, our challenge from last week. Do we have one this week? Well, you told me you were thinking. I know, I couldn't think of anything. Okay, so here's the <laughs> one I was thinking of. It will be our challenge. Um, I would like you to go with a rolling pin and clear out the Corvega factory. Oh, you are terrible. Or, well, I was thinking somewhere with ghouls, but I couldn't think of somewhere with respawning ghouls. Does anybody have a, a good location with respawning ghouls? No, Corvega is awesome because that's hard. Corvega? Yeah. Yes. Well, half the challenge is going to be finding a rolling pin. Because that's true. I'm level 60, and I found a rolling pin like last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chat room's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> rolling pin? Girl. Corvega <laughs> so, yeah. with a rolling pin. Corvega with that's a rolling it. pin. Do it. Do it. Yeah, that's good. Because Shaleen, again, is the brains of this operation. Moving on. So, yeah. And, oh, oh yeah, always remember, when you're sending us screenshots 
of uh, anything that you do. <laughs> when you're sending us screenshots of these challenges, please use the hashtag um, FOTR challenge. You, a lot of you have been, and it's been awesome it, because it makes things so much easier for us and everyone to check out these challenges and, and your, you know, efforts and that sort of thing. So we want them to be easily searchable and findable. So please use the hashtag FOTR challenge. Yeah, everybody should go in and look at that, too, because there are some great, great screenshots that we weren't able to include because there were so many. Yeah, so we usually pick, like, the best one out of the stories to represent on the show, so that way you can go back and check it out after the show. So, all right, we're going to get on to our lore tonight, thus the title, From China with Love. And uh, this, yeah, I, I since we did the uh, Gone But Not Forgotten episode about the games that didn't make it... Um, China was intriguing because it was about uh, just a different different place in the world that you know we don't really get to see in the games, but it is mentioned a lot in the games. So let's get started. Here's like some basic overview on China. It was the United States' main rival um, in the 20th century in the Fallout universe. In 2077, China was a co- China was a communist nation with a single party rule. The ruling political party was the Chinese Communist Party or the CCP. Now, according to Fallout 2, the president, speculated president, uh, Xin Xian, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, I'm sorry, was the head of um, was the head of state and that's according to Fallout 2. In Fallout 3, Chairman Cheng was mentioned and he's speculated as the leader of the CCP. Alaska was invaded under his rule. Um, so, yeah, let's see here. China, poss- um, now, it's been speculated by, was it President Richardson that China fired first? Um, I believe so. However, this is, again, more confirmed if you go to the switchboard in Fallout 4. There's a terminal in the main room. Once you get up to the main room, you clear everything out. There's a terminal in there from, uh, I think, NORAD command. I think it's NORAD. Where it um, has a POSS um, tag, so possibly China fired first. So according to military intelligence, they're pretty sure that China did actually fire first. And as we go through the timeline of the events of what happened in China, you can kind of you know, speculate that yes, they did in fact fire first out of desperation. So um, yeah, I think that's Fallout 2 where he, Richardson uh, talks yes. about it. And also Fallout 4 is the switchboard. Uh, the Sino-American War, which was 2066 to 2067, was kind of the everything leading up to the Great War um, in, in a way. I guess that was kind of the Great War. I guess No, that wasn't. So that led up to the Great War. So the, China actually infiltrated the east coast of the United States via Mama Dolce's and LOB Enterprises. In Fallout 3, you can go to those two locations and actually um, see a lot of... A lot of what they did there. Um, the Chinese arms were smuggled in through these uh, these uh, underground units. So that's why there's this huge influx, influx of Chinese assault rifles and Chinese pistols. Um, the Velvet Curtain quest of the Point Lookout DLC for Fallout 3 deals actually directly with some of these um, undercover agents. Two agents specifically. They are sent to destroy a stranded sub SSN 371A. That's, that's the, one of my favorite quests in the game. I actually haven't done that, but I really need to, to check that out. But that's in the uh, Point Lookout quest. Uh, now, the next bit of fact uh, is non-canon. So this is from the failed Fallout 3, i.e. Van Buren. Um, 
Chinese infiltrated the Hoover Dam in hopes to destroy it because they had a secret genetics lab in Hoover Dam. Ultimately, the Chinese were defeated and they stole Limit 115 and released it in Denver. And that was the supposed origin of the new plague. Now, um, we're going to come back to this bit of uh, non-canon a little later on. So the timeline is as follows. Um, in 2066, Chinese forces under the leadership of General J-I-N-G, Zhengwei, I don't know, successfully invaded Alaska because they wanted Alaska's oil reserves because, as we all know, the world was running out of oil at this point. Resources very thin, so they decided to invade where we had our reserves placed, and Alaska is very close to China. In, 2070, in 2073, China became increasingly aggressive in the war using biological weapons against American forces, um, which kind of correlates again with their uh, idea of trying to get that genetics virus from the Hoover Dam. Uh, in 2074, as we know, Americans were American units were deployed to counteract the invasion of uh, China in Alaska, and that's when they implemented the, uh, the first suits of power armor. They wanted to... Um, uh, no, 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 sorry. 2074 is when they invaded the China mainland and got pinned down and like started wasting our own resources. So America invaded in, 2077, in 2074. In 2076, T-51B armor was introduced into the China offensive. And um, that kind of pushed American troops forward and cut through the Chinese supply lines. And then because of that power armor specifically, we occupied the cities of Shanghai and Nanjing. So we kind of like broke their supply lines and their defenses. And at this point, China was pretty much defeated um, because they, you know, we took all their supplies. We have this new power armor that they just couldn't stop. So keep that in mind that we were pretty much in their home decimating them. So in 2077, a year later after that, um, one of the nuclear powers began launching nuclear weapons that resulted in the Great War on October 23, uh, 2077. Um, so basically, you can pretty much see why everyone thinks China fired first and why we all can pretty much agree. I believe that China fired first because they were just getting destroyed. The, you know, America was wiping through their, through their uh, work there. So um, the post-war... And this is kind of uh, obviously after the October 23, so starting in Fallout uh, 2. The Xi, they were located in San Francisco. They were actually ancestors of the sub uh, Xi, Xi Huang Ti, I guess is how you would say it, maybe. Um, the Do you mean descendants? Well, descendants, uh, yeah, descendants of that sub crew that beached in San Francisco. They're a major faction in Fallout 2, but they kind of keep to themselves and they're kind of like the Brotherhood of Steel. Um, in that they, they want technology and they're just kind of to themselves. Um, so let's see. Chinese remnants are found in various locations around the capital wasteland. And like I said before, you see a lot of this representative in the Chinese assault rifle, the Chinese pistol, the spec ops manual, and even the uh, some of the stealth suits like in the um, Operation Anchorage DLC. Um, and it just shows the extent that they actually invaded the U.S. When you find their skeletons in their uniforms everywhere – uh, I, actually, I believe you can get in the sewers underneath the Pentagon and find that they were actually in the sewers underneath the Pentagon as well. So you can kind of see how they, uh, without unbeknownst to the U.S. government, they they were in, in our soil, literally, underground. So uh, Point Lookout, the, obviously the Velvet Curtain quest. There's also 
a Chinese intelligence bunker located in Point Lookout, which is cool to find. In the Mojave, in this I'm going to circle back to the non-canon, in uh, Fallout New Vegas, if you go to the Hoover Dam and you go to the Section 1C, you can actually find, I believe, skeletons and the stealth suits. So that kind of, um, I don't think Bethesda really acknowledges New Vegas' canon, but that kind of goes along with that Van Buren canon um, that uh, Black Isles was working on, and obviously the guys from Black Isles that were working, Black Isle that was working on Van Buren, they're working on New Vegas, so that some of that would trans translate over. Um, so yeah, in the Commonwealth, the Yangtze submarine and the quest there, um, and then Imperial China. This also is not canon. This has to deal with Fallout Extreme, which is a game that didn't make it as well. Um, if you want more information on the games that didn't make it, check out episode 29, Gone But Not Forgotten. The Reds were ousted by, uh, this is post-war, obviously, the Reds were ousted by the imperial, imperialist remnants, and they crowned a new emperor, and they still hated America after all of this, so they built a big old missile to shoot at us until the Brotherhood of Steel intervened. Anyway, that's the non-canon story that happened there. Um, but yeah, as you know, we can see... Th- they were kind of the main enemy of the United States and their fingerprint is still in the United States, which is very interesting. Um, they infiltrated us to a degree that the United States government didn't even know. And actually, um, I, yeah, more on that with the weapon of the week. And I'll take this one too, Shaleen. Um, the Zurong V418 Chinese pistol. Uh, it's a small, it's underneath the small gun category found in Fallout 3. It was created by the LOB Enterprises, which, like I said before, was uh, one of China's underground infiltration units. Uh, the only prototype, it's the only one available as it was a prototype. The company was shut down by the United States government after being found out that they were, in fact, a uh, splinter group for China. Um, it fires slower than the normal Chinese pistol and has the same base damage, but it has a incendiary, incendiary bullet that has a slight DOT effect. So it's the only 10 millimeter round that does DOT. Um, f- and then also it's found in the CEO's office behind a very hard locked door. The key to the, I guess, the safe that it's in is in the CEO's desk. And the name is a reference to the Chinese God of Fire, thus the incendiary round. Um so, yeah, that's pretty much all I could find out on China. There isn't much there. I would at some point like to travel outside the U.S., um, specifically China. They had planned on going there before. But, it, you know, according to talking with the guy in Yangtze um, in, the, in Fallout 4, there may be, I mean, well, we know there's got to be survivors in China. But, you know, there's so little information because the communications were knocked out that it would be really interesting to see what other countries are doing. I mean, who knows if other countries are actually, like, back up to speed and running? Um, you know, I, I, who knows, depending on, on uh, what it is. But, yeah, that's the lore and the weapon of the week. Anything to add on top of that, Shalene? Anything? Comments? No. Questions? No? Silent over there? Mm-hmm. Silent as the days grow on. Okay, why don't, you, why don't you take the emails? Okay. Uh, this one's from Jonas, who I believe is in our chat room right now. Hello, Rick and Shalene. I have started listening to your podcast for about a month or two, and I'm still trying to catch up. I'm about two episodes behind, so I will be caught up very soon. I absolutely love the podcast and feel like you two and all the listeners are a big settlement with 100 happiness. Achievement unlocked, benevolent leader. But today I am coming to you with a question concerning my health, possibly. Well, sort of. 
I am 13 years old and played Fallout for about 100 hours within the first month and a half of getting the game, and I absolutely love it. I love it so much I got to level 70 before I hit the four-day mark. Do you think that was maybe a little fast? My follow-up question is, how fast did you level up? I tend to grind a bit. Thanks a lot to Mr. Garvey. Thank you for taking time to read my email, and please keep doing the show. I can't wait to finally be able to watch it live. Jonas, like the snowstorm. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, I mean, I wonder how many times he's like, you know, said, hey, my name is Jonas, um, and then left it at that to see if anyone gets it. Anyway. Although he's 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 thirteen, so I don't know if he would even get that reference. Um, but uh, good on you, mate, for playing that long. Also, go outside, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go go live your life. You're young. Go and experience some life outside of of the wasteland. <laughs> We're only kidding. And, uh, um, yeah, I uh, I've I'm at level sixty right now. So I, I still haven't hit level 70. My highest character is a 60. I have another character that's like a 14, maybe a little little higher than 14. <laughs> and uh, yeah. What's funny? No, I'm just laughing at the chat room because I, oh. I, I, <laughs> I, I picked on him because of his age a little bit. Not in a bad way. I was being silly. But he, yeah. he, he yelled at me, said, Weezer. Which is imp- I have to admit is impressive. I'm glad. I'm happy. Mm. Well, good job, good job, Jonas. But- why am I savage now? Okay, I'm curious to why the chat room is saying "dang Rick" and Rick is a freaking savage. Tisk tisk. I don't know. Maybe they meant it like in a good way, like how when we were young, when you said "bad," it meant cool. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> savage Rick Claw. <laughs> oh gosh. That's a mod that needs to happen. <laughs> wow. Okay. Can we move Back? on to our next email, Rick. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, this oh, is- I wanted to I wanted oh, to say real quick. Needs an intro. Huh? Yeah, this is the email that needs the Oh yes. Um but I wanted to say too that I don't remember what level I'm at. I think it's around sixty as well. Uh but I don't feel that I leveled very fast in the game. I th- I feel like it was um pretty leveled out although when you do up your difficulty i do believe they give you more experience points i don't think so okay i know they did it in one of them but i feel like when i put it on hard i leveled up faster or maybe maybe i was doing enemies maybe but i know too that um i was doing missions that maybe i shouldn't have been doing because i mean i go ahead sorry sorry rick I've been playing a lot sneakier and snipier than I'm used to doing, so uh, so that means that I'm leveling a little slower, you know. True. Because I'll avoid confrontation sometimes. Like the other day, I was on this beach, and there was this, like, my alert queen just scuttling by, <laughs> and I, I, I just didn't. I didn't go there. So... <laughs> Okay, know. so we gotta in we gotta intro this next email a little bit. Um, something and it c- could be considered a, a story spoiler, but it's minor, I believe. So if you don't want to know absolutely anything at this point, what we've gotten back from our listeners is they're ready for more spoiler casts. So that and, and no one's saying thank you for not spoiling things. So it's it's letting us know that you guys are past 
the point of finishing the story or you're at a different point. So this email has a bit of a, not necessarily a big plot point, but anyway, it's, it's, it's here. Kind of, it's kind of a big spoiler. I guess. I think. So anyway, if you don't want to, you know, hear about it, jump ahead to the end, I guess, or I don't know. But anyway, this also brings us to another thing. Once the first DLC hits, we're not going to hold anything back anymore. So Yes, I'm very excited about this, guys. I'm really happy to no longer have to tiptoe around spoilers. Yeah. Cause I'm, it, I'm really excited about it. I can't even tell you. It's super frustrating. And I think when the first DLC hits, that's going to be the time where we just talk about everything. No uh, uh, holds barred or the holds are not barred, as you would say, Shaleen. Yes, um, we'll unbar the holds. Yeah. We're going to throw the bars away. So anyway, just update there. So we're going to get on to this email. Uh, thank God. They're saying in the chat. Yeah, see, there we go. Okay. That's, that's that's exactly my point. I was so paranoid to talk about anything because yeah. I didn't want the internet to blow up in our face as it is wont to do sometimes. But it seems like... <laughs> nice tiny Tim reference. Dang. Um so yeah, in in the in the in the chat room. But anyway, yeah. So we're just gonna go ahead with this email, and then when the first DLC drops, we're dropping our uh, censorship. So go ahead, take it away, Shaleen. Hey guys, love the podcast. Look forward to it every week. So Sean is taken by Kellogg when he was a baby, and sixty years later we are awoken. Yet when we find Kellogg, he looks the same as the day he took Sean. Did I miss something? I tend to have a few beers while playing, so it's possible. Thanks, Foster. Okay. Um, do you want to take this one or me? Which? Go ahead. Okay. Personally, I think it's because that he has been um, enhanced by the Institute with implants and stuff to extend his life. Exactly. Yeah. Bang! I got something they right! They even talk about the folks in the Institute having some jealousy issues with Kellogg because of his... Uh, his enhancements prolonging his life, you know, something that they don't have. Right. So. And you can take those implants off of his dead body, his cold, dead body. And I wonder if you could, has anyone found a place to like put them on you? I don't believe that's possible now, yeah, but that's... it should be. I know. I wanted to. I was like, cybernetic implants. Sweet. Mm -hmm. This is like that chick in the Mojave Wasteland who's like implanting mm -hmm. me with super strength and stuff. But yeah, I, I really wish we could have done that. But eh, you know. But yeah, that's that email, and that's why he's he's a perfectly preserved Kellogg. Mm -hmm, indeed. So. But yeah, any, any closing remarks, Celine? Nope. Thanks for for listening to our show. Okay. You can tweet at the show at Fallout OTR on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Rick McVick, and you can tweet at Celine at Celine L, which is S H A L I N E L. Just no C and however else that we keep, keep seeing it misspelled. Uh, you can email us at falloutotr at gmail.com. You can like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel and catch all their uh, QGN shows. You can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a review on both of those. And we have a few five-star uh, shout-outs from iTunes. <laughs> Gosh. Jack Mikoff um, from, from Australia. Brett63. Dino Dinosaur from Canada. Oh my gosh. From Canada. Canada. And your boy Pappy from UK. Oh my gosh. We record live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on YouTube.com slash 
Network slash live. And you can check out other great QGN shows streaming live on YouTube. Outer Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Outer Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, Warcraft Off the Record, and Dancing with Daggers that comes on later tonight at Twitch, 10.30 Eastern Standard. They are doing Dragon Star Arena, whatever that is. Uh, I also want to tease next week's episode. We are very, very excited. Um, do you want to announce who is coming on, Shaleen? We have a guest. Yes, we have special guest Biofan. Yep. Um, so stay tuned for that next week. It'll be a fun episode. Thank you so much for listening. And Shaleen, what is the last word? Death is a preferable alternative to communism. <laughs>